This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, November the 3rd. And the asylum crisis in Kent is top of the news agenda again today. The Home Secretary has been visiting Dover as she faces increased pressure to get a grip on the situation. Suella Braverman's also being urged to do something about conditions at a processing facility in Thanet. A young girl who's at the site in Manston has thrown a note to journalists saying there are pregnant women and sick people being held there. Concerns were raised last week about overcrowding and that has led to hundreds of people being relocated. But Caroline Noakes, who's chair of the Women and Equalities Select Committee and also a former immigration minister, is still deeply worried. Well, there's a wide range of concerns. Mm. I think first and foremost about the conditions that families are being held in, whether there is any lawful basis for children to be detained there and what basis the government thinks it's doing that on. But I think I want pragmatic solutions. I want to see what the path forward is. So we're asking how the government intends to uh, reduce numbers at Manston, Mm -hmm. clear the backlog, what they're doing with the uh, pilot that's working in Leeds to speed up the whole process. And I think that's the imperative. People want to see proactive solutions being brought forward. I would be very clear as a former immigration Mm -hmm. minister is that there is no legal basis to detain people for that length of time. Mm -hmm. And therefore the government needs to come forward very quickly with plans on how they're going to stop that or they will run the risk of legal challenges and you will see people who have no legal basis to be here, no reasonable expectation that they would even be granted asylum because they've come from safe third countries uh, like Albania uh, and we will see a situation where they may well be entitled to compensation from the taxpayer for what has happened. It makes me feel absolutely appalled that we are leaving vulnerable people, men, women and children in mass accommodation. So no separation of children from unknown uh, male adults. That's horrific in itself. We have no evidence that there are any proper rigorous safeguarding measures being put in place. We know that not a single person at Manston has been judged to be vulnerable under the adults at risk policy. Well, that seems to me wholly unfeasible. We know there are disabled people there. We know there are children there. We know there are people who have fled uh, war-torn areas who will be suffering trauma. So uh, I'm appalled that this has happened and the government needs to get a grip. Now, the site in Manston is designed to hold up to 1,600 people earlier this week. It was suggested the number actually there was 4,000. Legal action is now being brought against the Home Office over those conditions. Immigration Minister Robert Jemrick spoke about that last night. That's not unusual. This is a highly litigious area of policy. But of course, as the minister responsible, I want to ensure that everything that we do is conducted appropriately and within the law. And so in the week that I've been in post, I have tried to work night and day to ensure that the Manston site is not just legally compliant, but is a humane and compassionate place where we welcome those migrants, treat them appropriately, and then they leave quickly to alternative accommodation. And I'm very pleased to say this evening that that's exactly the path that we're on. The number of people at Manston has fallen very substantially since the weekend when we became aware of the specific issues and got involved so directly. And I think we're on a path now whereby within a matter of days, 
assuming we don't see very large numbers of further migrants arriving across the Channel. I don't think that's going to happen because we have good forecasts of the weather and the other intelligence that we have from northern France. So I expect that Manston will be returned to a well-functioning and certainly legally compliant site very rapidly. We've been working extremely closely together and we've procured more hotels, uh, we have extra support, We've got brilliant officers from Border Force, supported by contractors and members of the armed forces, and we're processing the uh, migrants who are in the camp very quickly. When I visited the camp on uh, Sunday, I thought conditions were poor um, and they needed to change rapidly. And that's why, why were that's they poor? That's exactly. Well, mainly because of the number of people who are there. Remember, this facility was functioning acceptably just a matter of weeks ago. What's changed? is that we've had a very large number of individuals cross the channel in small boats. We would love to think we can control that, but of course that's not entirely within our control. And then we had this terrible attack on Sunday by this individual in Dover, which caused us to evacuate the almost 1,000 people who were there and bring them immediately to the site. And that increased the numbers from 3,000, which was already too many, to 4,000, where there was real strain on the site. I would just say, having been there, that some of the reporting is inaccurate. Mm. There were suggestions that there have been diseases like diphtheria running wild in the facility. That's not correct. To the best of my knowledge, there have been four cases out of thousands of individuals. Each of those cases, we believe, came into the site, if you like, rather than being caught there. There's a very good medical facility. When I was there on Sunday, there were two emergency doctors, there were paramedics and nurses. Uh, everybody is okay. clothed, they're fed, they're supported whilst they're there, just as you'd expect. We, you know, we, we have values as a country. Just because somebody's chosen to come as a migrant, we don't want them to come in this way in small boats. But when they're here, we'll treat them appropriately. And that's exactly what we are doing and what we want to get to uh, in the coming days. There have also been some reports today that people being moved out of Manston have just been left stranded at a railway station in London. Arban Halili is at the Manston site trying to find his eight-year-old nephew. He claims conditions there are bleak. If something happened, emergency there, if you call 999, it doesn't matter where you are, yeah? The, the help, they will arrive there in three minutes. But this is no help, this is disaster. Look, yeah, no beds, no fresh water, air, no toilets, no campers, nothing, zero. Well, every council leader in Kent has signed a letter calling on the Home Secretary to house asylum seekers elsewhere. They've told Suella Braverman the county is at breaking point. Authorities are also looking after almost 500 unaccompanied asylum seeker children. It's also emerged today a convicted murderer from Albania was among those sent to the overcrowded Manston Processing Centre in the past month. 31-year-old Mariglen Shashari crossed the channel in a small boat in October and told authorities about previous offences he'd committed in Greece. He's now appeared at Folkestone Magistrates Court and admitted arriving in the UK without valid entry clearance. He's been sentenced to 60 days in prison. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. A man in prison for killing two women in Tunbridge Wells in the 80s has admitted further offences. David Fuller has pleaded guilty to 16 charges relating to the abuse 
abuse of 23 women's bodies in hospital mortuaries in the county. The 69-year-old from East Sussex carried out the crimes between 2007 and 2020. A Chatham mum who smoked cannabis before driving children to McDonald's has been banned from getting behind the wheel for six months. Staff at the drive-through in Gillingham called police after Tracy Letchford pulled up in a Ford Fiesta in April. The 42-year-old from South Hill Road was also found not to have a valid licence or insurance. The parents of a man accused of killing a father and daughter when a car ploughed into a family in Ramsgate have been charged with hiding evidence. The collision happened in Leopold Street in August. A 30-year-old from Manston has been charged with causing death by dangerous driving. His mum and dad are also accused of intending to pervert the course of justice. They're due in court tomorrow. A minute silence is going to be held before hockey matches in Canterbury this weekend following the death of a young player. Teenager Chris Figgis has been described as an exceptional defender who helped the club win several titles. They've opened a condolence page and will share tributes with his family. The death isn't being treated as suspicious. Now, a mum from Deal has told the Kent Online podcast that an attack on her 10-year-old son has left him not wanting to go out. He was with a group of friends when he was set upon by a group of older children, leaving him with injuries to his back, legs and hands. Jackie is now calling for more police patrols in the area. My 10-year-old is feeling very, very distraught. He's um, up and down, ranging from smiling, I'm okay, to tearful, I hurt. He doesn't want to go out anymore. His back hurts anyway, constantly. Um, And his eye socket seems to have been damaged too. I have noticed a big change in his personality over the last few days, but he is being spoilt. I'm sure with given time, he'll get his confidence back and um, hopefully move forward from all of this. I have been here before, though, with my now 15 year old. Three years ago, he was also bullied, traumatised, picked on. He had an awful, an awful, awful time. He, um, one of the names that has been given to me is the same name that came up with my 15-year-old. So they're, they're still, this. it appears they are still the same group of children that are doing this. Um, it culminated in my 15-year-old not wanting to live. He did try to commit suicide. He did have a breakdown and the state of play with him now is he hasn't left the house in two years, only very, very occasionally for very important things and only with me to be driven there in the car and brought straight home again afterwards. So please be careful, look after your kids, talk to them is a lesson I've learned. Don't let them be secretive, find out what's going on in their head and just be engaged with them. Well, we have been in touch with Kent Police. They've told us they are investigating. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. At Kent Online today, you can see pictures of some of the flooding in Kent after torrential downpours overnight and this morning. A weather warning for heavy rain was in force until three this afternoon. There's also a risk of thunderstorms overnight, mostly along the Kent coast, and that warning will be in place until six tomorrow morning. Don't forget, you can keep right up to date with 
with travel news on the blog at Kent Online. And you can also hear regular travel updates over on our sister radio station, KMFM. Meantime, there's a warning to plan ahead and leave extra time because of overnight closures at the Dartford Crossing. One of the tunnels will be shut at various times from tonight until November the 11th, so crews can carry out essential maintenance. The crossing will also be shut this weekend from 10 at night on Saturday until 5 on Sunday morning. Recycling targets are not being met across the county, even by those who set them. A recent assessment shows Kent County Council is recycling only 44% of what was collected at household waste recycling centres and in bin collections. This falls below their own target of 50%. Now, an NHS exercise educator from Ramsgate who underwent surgery to remove a brain tumour has woken up craving her first ever McDonald's. This is an incredible story on the website today. 60-year-old Belle Gray had only ever eaten healthy snacks and chose chicken nuggets as her first meal out of hospital. She said they were absolutely lovely, but she's now trying to balance out her newfound love for junk food with a healthier diet. Staying with food and the boss of the National Fruit Show, which has been taking place at the Kent showground near Maidstone, is asking supermarkets to buy British instead of packing their shelves with imported products. Executive Chair of the event, Sarah Calcutt, says urgent action is needed as financial pressures on local growers increase with the cost of living crisis. And she says the quality of British fruit this season is high, but like most of us, the industry is struggling. Exactly the same as for every other business and every household in the UK, it's cost. So the cost of every single element about produ- of producing food has increased. That's why the cost of food needs to go up. So from labour, because we're chronically short of labour, because we now have a restrictive permit scheme, to the cost of the diesel to put in a tractor, to the, you know, the fertiliser needed to help grow the crop, the cost of bringing a tree to grow in the UK over, it's all increased, 25% and sometimes more in other categories. Packaging, so cardboard boxes are sitting 40% more expensive than they were two years ago. Um, and it's a real crisis because growers are finding they just cannot make money from their crop. Honestly, it is not about having a go at supermarkets. It's about the imbalance between wages and how wages have not increased exponentially with the cost of living. So we have a challenge now that a a healthy diet is becoming a more unaffordable one if your income hasn't gone up. So I, I do not want to have a go at a particular retailer. This is very much about the cost of producing everything and the cost of operating a business in the UK has increased and unfortunately producing food is no different. We want orchards. Environmentally, we need orchards. Our countryside is developed and created around orchards. We have been the heart of the industry. Still, 65% of all the apples and pears grown in the UK are grown in our county. So anybody who lives in Kent, why are they eating any fruit that comes from anywhere else, particularly at this time of year? You can go into your corner shop, your farm shop, your local retailer, and you should find British apples and pears. They will have come straight from the tree onto that shelf this time of year, the greatest choice of varieties. So if you're always sitting, you know, watching this, eating something that isn't British, next time you go shopping, pick up something with Union Jack. Kent Online reports. Resettled refugees who've started a new life in Kent have graduated from a ceremony in London. The cohort, mostly from Afghanistan, Syria and Ukraine, have taken part in programmes run by the International Rescue Committee, which helps them rebuild their lives in the UK. Now they're graduating from courses such as cultural orientation, job readiness and peer mentoring. Emma G 
Igiraniza is the UK head of programs and has been speaking to our reporter Kate Faulkner. It's a wide range of of people uh, in terms of age. So we have those who are young in their twenties, but also we have those who are old, more than fifty years old, who do participate in these trainings. So anyone who is eighteen and over is welcome to join our programs. These are very intensive trainings. Uh, you know, it requires commitment of refugees for more than five weeks. Uh, some are six weeks, others are eight weeks, others are 10 weeks. So um, that's why we, after that, we do a graduation to really celebrate the achievement. And uh, people come from uh, different countries. We have um, uh, graduates who were from uh, Ukraine, uh, the Ukrainians, refugees. And also we have people from Afghanistan, from Syria, uh, Sudan, Previously, we had people from Iraq. So we do uh, offer this to any vulnerable migrants. So uh, no matter where they come from, as long as they are refugees and they are willing to participate in these extensive trainings, uh, then we do open the door for them. It's really uh, a refugee-centered service where they are the ones designing the programs because before we design these programs, we go to them and say, how do you think about this? They are involved in that whole planning of the program and then they take part on it and then they feedback on it. It's a continuous revisions and working together with refugees. We call it a refugee-centered program. Therefore, it's their own, it's there for them and that's why they really like to join uh, this program. A gravely ill dog that was found wandering the streets of Sheerness is now ready to be adopted. The American bully weighed just half of what she should have done when she was discovered in the summer. Sadly, she will still go blind though after suffering head trauma which damaged her eyes. But vets are hoping she will be able to find her forever home. And a Kent artist has created this year's Christmas stamps which feature a silhouette of the late Queen for the last time. Katie Ponder's come up with six designs telling the nativity story and just a date for your diary. The last posting day for first class ahead of the big day itself will be December the 21st. Kent Online Sports. Several Kent gymnasts have booked their place at the 2024 Olympics in Paris. The GB men's team finished third at the World Championships in Liverpool last night. Courtney Tullock, who used to train in Maidstone, inspired them to fight back from eighth position at one point with an incredible performance on the rings. James Hall, who's also from Maidstone and Gravesend's Gianni Regini Moran, were also part of the team. Huge congratulations to them. And Dartford sprinter Adam Jamili has missed out on the top level of funding from UK athletics. The 29-year-old was knocked out in the heats of the World Championships over the summer and failed to make the final at the Commonwealth Games. He'll be kept on as part of the relay squad, but there's better news for Canterbury's Matthew Stonia, who's joining the Olympic world-class programme after impressive results in the 1500 metres. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also sign up to the briefing to get a daily update of the top stories direct to your email each morning just head to kentonline.co.uk and whilst you're on the site today you can read our latest eat my words food review we'll be back with the podcast tomorrow news you can trust this is the kent online podcast this podcast is sponsored by the fg barnes group with showrooms in canterbury and maidstone offering a range of new and approved used cars including mg seat and Vauxhall.